Hi friends, my name is Kristen and this is Again, the podcast where we explore case studies for reincarnation. I am so excited to be talking to you right now. I've had the idea for this podcast for a while and I'm so excited to be birthing it. There are so many great cases that are truly fascinating to review and read about. And I'm just really excited to dive into them all with you. In this podcast, we'll primarily be covering cases that are approached from a scientific, you know, research-oriented stance. And we'll certainly be covering ones that are more anecdotal as well. But for this first case, I just had to cover my absolute favorite. It's not a research case, but it's the true story of two patients seeking healing through past life regression therapy and what comes as a result of that. I had actually recorded a completely different episode for this first episode, and I just had to go back and redo it because how can I how can I start off by covering any other case than my very favorite, you know? But before we get into it, I just want to say, you know, it's not the intention for this podcast to be out there to, you know, sell anyone on the idea of reincarnation by any means. I just think that these cases are absolutely fascinating, you know, and I think they should be talked about more. I also think it's very important that we keep an open mind at all times, you know, because we are constantly encountering new information as we move through life, which should be shaping our notions and ideas and beliefs continuously. And keeping in mind that as humans, we are inherently limited in our knowledge, right? The universe is infinitely more grand and complex and beautiful than we can truly even begin to grasp. And we kind of have to surrender to the mystery of it. And I hope that the cases we cover during this podcast kind of helps to open our eyes and provide us a sense of peace in the knowledge of that beautiful mystery and the purpose of the universe. Okay. I think that's it. Let's get into the case, huh? So the story of this case is told in the book, Only Love is Real by Dr. Brian Weiss. And I'll just start off by giving some background information about him. Dr. Weiss is a Columbia and Yale medical school graduate. He's chairman of psychiatry at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami. He's appeared on Oprah. He's written numerous books about his experiences, treated thousands of patients, and he conducts national and international seminars and workshops. We will definitely cover more of his work in episodes, but because he's a psychiatrist and therapist, his casework is more focused on the healing that occurred and the experience of it than it is concerned with the research and verifying the information. And he's not conducting controlled tests on his patients, you know, to validate the information that they're able to recall. His, again, it's more about healing, but the cases are still incredibly compelling. Dr. Weiss originally became well-known after he published his first book titled Many Lives, Many Masters. 
This book details the story of Catherine, a woman who came to seek treatment for a few different really intense issues. And it's actually how Dr. Weiss discovered past life therapy. I won't get too much into that case because I definitely want to save it for its own episode, but essentially Dr. Weiss was treating her by regressing her to her early childhood and she spontaneously went into a past life. He didn't know anything about past lives or reincarnation or you know anything of the sort when it happened. And again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds. I'll save it for its own episode. But it's how he discovered this line of work and and how he started getting into it. So Dr. Weiss works primarily with hypnotherapy, which again is completely different from some of the other cases that we'll get into where it's, you know, researchers and they're doing control tests and um taking statements of memories, comparing them against what information they can find to confirm the facts and and whatnot. If you're unfamiliar with hypnotherapy, it's just a deep state of meditation. There's a lot of misconceptions around hypnosis, I think, so it's good to clarify, but it's just a deep state of focused attention and relaxation. The person who is hypnotized, and I kind of say that hypnotized quote unquote, but they're always in complete control at all times. Like you can't, you can't get someone to quack like a duck just because they're under hypnosis. The person is still aware of what's happening. You retain your autonomy. You know, there's nothing mystical about it in that sense. There is often a bit of a time distortion if you're really into meditating, you probably already know what I'm talking about. If you're sometimes really in the zone when you're meditating, 20 minutes can pass in what feels like five, you know, an hour can pass in what feels like five minutes. But again, hypnosis in reality, it's nothing like what it's sensationalized to be. And it's a highly effective tool for healing. So in the case here, we'll be talking about Elizabeth and Pedro's experiences while doing past life regression hypnosis. And the book, Only Love is Real, talks about many of their sessions and their regressions. I'm only going to talk about what brought them in to see Dr. Weiss and then two of their regressions. And they're two of the three regressions that overlap with each other. So it's the same lifetime being told from two different perspectives. And this was happening at the same time, but it was from two patients that didn't know each other. You know, Elizabeth and Pedro didn't know each other while this was happening. They just happened to both be seeing Dr. Weiss at the time who was hearing these stories and realized that they were the same story. You know, they were kind of soulmates in present day that hadn't met yet. So now that we've covered all of that, let's start with Elizabeth. So Elizabeth had actually come to see Dr. Weiss after reading the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. She was 32, born and raised in rural Minnesota on a farm. 
before going away to college in Miami where she had been offered a scholarship. Her father was a hardworking man, but he was cold, and the only emotions he could express were anger, rage, you know. Occasionally he would lose his temper at the family and turn physically violent against her brother. Elizabeth received abuse as well, but hers was verbal, but it still cut her very deeply. Her mother was warm and nurturing. Her mother chose to stay on the farm in spite of her husband's behavior for the two children. Elizabeth describes her mom as an angel, you know, always there, always caring, always sacrificing for the sake of her children. Elizabeth and her mother definitely had a very special, very close bond. She was seeking treatment for some intense anxiety, grief, trouble sleeping. Her anxiety was due to the stress of her job. She actually owned her own accounting firm in Miami. And she also had some stress from dating relationships. However, eight months prior to her first appointment, her mother had passed away from cancer. Again, her mother was her best friend and they were very close and Elizabeth was devastated. The other piece of what she was seeking help with was her romantic life. Elizabeth had been married for a time to a local contractor who had two children from a previous marriage. That marriage ended, however, when Elizabeth found out that he had been having an affair. She was sad about the marriage ending and, you know, sad that she wouldn't be a part of the children's lives anymore, but the loss of her mother was far more severe. The divorce did happen a bit of time before her mother passed away as well. Now, Elizabeth was a very beautiful woman and found it easy to meet and date other men after her divorce, but all of the men she dated were kind of just shitty dudes, you know? She dated a professor at a nearby college, but he couldn't commit to her. And then some months after that, she started dating a successful banker, but he ultimately ended up becoming physically abusive, and she left that relationship. And at this point, she was beginning to lose a good deal of confidence. You know, she's this beautiful woman, but after a string of relationships like this, it it makes sense that she would begin to lose a bit of her confidence. So she came to see Dr. Brian Weiss. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Pedro. So Pedro is described in the book as a handsome man with charm and wit. He was 29 years old when he first came to see Dr. Weiss. He came from a politically and financially privileged privileged family in Mexico. He was the youngest of three children, his sister being four years older and his brother was two years older. His father owned a large business and several factories and the family lived in a beautiful house on the hills in the city in a very secure gated community. His father also worked very hard and didn't typically come home until late at night. So his mother and the nannies and maids ran the house and took care of the children. He had grown up attending the best 
private schools and eventually studied business in college. He had several girlfriends, but nothing serious. So after Pedro graduated college, he went back to Mexico. At first, he was just working in the factories and learning about the business, and then he came to Miami to run the business that was there. And the business was going well. You know, it took up a lot of his time, though, and made his romantic life challenging since he didn't have a lot of time on his hands to date. At the point in time of his first visit with Dr. Weiss, he was due to return home to Mexico again soon to take over some of the business duties there. The reason that he had come to see Dr. Weiss was due to the grief of the loss of his brother, who had passed away 10 months prior due to an automobile accident in Mexico. He was actually returning back to Mexico to take over his brother's duties. So one week after the initial appointment, Pedro returned to see Dr. Weiss. And this is when we're going to talk about his those two specific regressions. So this visit started off with him sharing an unusual dream that he had had twice in the past week. He said that he was dreaming about something else entirely when suddenly an older woman appeared who he didn't recognize. He said that she appeared to be in her 60s or 70s, wore a beautiful white dress, but her face was anguished. She reached out to him and kept repeating the same words, which were, hold her hand, hold her hand. You will know. Reach out to her, hold her hand. Dr. Weiss asked Pedro whose hand, and Pedro said, I don't know. She just said, hold her hand. And Pedro also noted that the woman was holding a white feather. So that's going to come back later. So after they discuss that, they they just kind of make a note of it. And that's kind of that. And then they move on with the session. So they get into the regression and Pedro comes into a lifetime where he had lived in a village in what would be present day Mongolia. If, if you guys want me to share a little bit more details about what a regression is like and how they kind of arrive in these states where they can recall these memories and kind of see these images in their mind's eye, that sort of thing, I definitely can. Just let me know. Um, but yeah, so Pedro comes into a lifetime where he had lived in a village in what is present day Mongolia. He had married the most beautiful girl of his people. They had a child together. And one day he returned to his village to find it completely destroyed by enemies from the West. The horses, the cattle, the oxen were all gone. The people were all slaughtered, including his wife, his child, his parents, all dead. And I'm kind of telling the story backwards here because when Pedro first lands in the past life memory, he actually lands on the day that his village was destroyed. And then Dr. Weiss kind of guides him back further in earlier in the lifetime, rather, to find his his wife and child. The session was really intense for Pedro, which, you know, is common for past life regression. And that was about as far as they went for that appointment. At this point in time, Pedro had about two or three months left in Miami to get everything finished up before moving back to Mexico. And Dr. Weiss noted the intensity of this past life memory and that, you know, 
they had two or three months left together, they would definitely need to revisit this one to kind of ease some more of the stress and anxiety that was stemming from this particular one. Okay, so that's the first regression. Let's get into the next one. So in a later appointment during regression, Pedro recalled a lifetime where he had died after being dragged by leather-clad soldiers. Hang on, I got a cough. Okay, I'm back. So uh, in a later appointment, Pedro recalled a lifetime where he had died after being dragged by soldiers. And he entered this lifetime rather quickly after being regressed through a different lifetime and just kind of spontaneously entered this one and immediately found himself lying on the ground dying. He states, I'm lying on the ground gravely wounded. There are soldiers nearby. They have pulled me over the ground and rocks. I'm dying. His daughter came over to him wailing and sobbing, holding his head in her lap. He tried to speak to her but couldn't say anything. And softly he heard her say, I love you, Father, but he was too weak to answer. In a later session, Dr. Weiss has Pedro revisit this life and asks if Pedro recognizes this daughter from his current life, but he didn't recognize her as anyone that he knew in his present day. Now let's get to Elizabeth's regressions. So in a regression, Elizabeth describes a lifetime long ago in Palestine. She remembered that her father worked as a potter and he was named Eli and she adored him, loved him very much. She remembers many kind of commonplace details about the life and then Dr. Weiss has her progress to the next important event in the lifetime, and she found herself on the day of her father's very premature death at the hands of Roman soldiers. At first, the soldier had tied her father by the ankles to the back of a horse ridden by another soldier, and once that was done, her father's body was beaten and battered, but the soldiers continued to torment him until his head struck a large rock and, and that was the fatal injury for him. She remembers rushing over to her father's side and horrified and told him, I love you, father. I will always love you, but he's not able to respond. And they progress further into the lifetime and she discovers as she's going through it that she's never quite able to recover from the loss of her father. And she doesn't recognize her father as anyone that she knows in her present lifetime. Okay, so let's go to the second one. So this is at a later appointment. Uh, Elizabeth is with Dr. Weiss and they're doing uh, another regression. And Elizabeth finds herself entering um, this ancient land of broad rolling hills, flat topped, or sorry, broad rolling plains and kind of flat topped hills. She noticed yak-like animals, small horses, and large rounded tents. Her husband was away with most of the other men in the village, either on 
a hunt or a raid and when suddenly an enemy struck the village. Her husband's parents were killed first and then her baby was killed and she wanted to die too. But instead she was captured and became the property of strongest of the enemy men, you know, the invading men, along with a few of the other young women from her village. She attempted to escape several times, but she was caught. She also attempted suicide, but was caught and stopped each time. Eventually, once she became older, the her, her captors allowed her to commit suicide. And that was the end of that lifetime. Dr. Weiss suggests that they go back farther, so earlier on in that lifetime, and Elizabeth finds her husband and his parents. She recognizes her mother-in-law as her present-day mother and explains that when her own parents died in this lifetime, in this ancient lifetime, her husband's parents had taken her in as their own. But her husband in this lifetime, she doesn't recognize as anyone that she knows from her present-day life. And so I want to just state that I'm I'm only including these two regressions. They're very abbreviated. Um, so I definitely recommend reading the book for much greater detail in the story. But now let's jump ahead to the point at which Dr. Weiss connects the dots between these two patients. And again, they don't know each other. But they're describing these two lifetimes with the same events from two different points of view. So, oh, and I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I'm only describing two. There was another one as well. And again, I'm not going into the full detail of each regression, but even though, you know, the story of the lifetimes were the same, there's even more detail in the book. So Dr. Weiss has a hell of a dilemma on his hands, yeah, because, you know, doctor-patient confidentiality is a thing. He can't just go around sharing, you know, regressions with his patients saying like, hey, I think you guys might have known each other in a past life, right? (laughs) Um, And on top of that, Pedro is leaving the country soon, so he's really short on time. So he mulls it over. You know, he's not going to violate any kind of laws of psychiatry, but he's, he's going to try something as, as best he can. He's going to try to make something work. So in an attempt to get them to meet without violating any doctor laws, you know, he reschedules their appointments so that they're sequential. So as Elizabeth is leaving her appointment, she sees Pedro sitting in the waiting room. They definitely catch each other's eye. And actually in the book, Dr. Weiss writes, their eyes lingered for longer than a moment. (laughs) But nothing happens other than Pedro just, you know, briefly mentioning her to Dr. Weiss as he enters the appointment. And, you know, 
they try again next week or Dr. Weiss tries again next next week and the same kind of thing happens you know their eyes linger for even longer this time Pedro smiles and Elizabeth smiles back and and hesitates as she's leaving but then you know turns back to the door and leaves and that was it that was Pedro's last session and nothing happened and Dr. Weiss found himself thinking maybe it's just not meant to be both of them were improved you know their symptoms had gotten a lot better although they weren't happy but maybe it was enough that they had just gotten a lot better you know so pedro was actually going to new york on business and after a few days there he was going to go to london for two weeks of work and vacation before returning to Mexico. Elizabeth was going to Boston for a business meeting and then to visit with her college roommate. The two of them were actually going to be traveling on the same airline, but at different times. But when Elizabeth reached her gate, she found out that the plane was canceled due to mechanical difficulties. Her new flight would take her to Newark, and then she could shuttle to Boston very early the next morning. This now actually put her on the same flight as Pedro. And so she's rushing to get to the new gate, and he was already there by the time she got there. And he sees her out of the corner of his eye, and he recognizes her, of course, from having seen her in the office. And he's just struck by this feeling of familiarity. Yes, he had seen her briefly in passing, but it was a level of familiarity that didn't make sense for someone who he had seen briefly in passing. He he felt like he must have known her from somewhere else as well, kind of racking his brain trying to remember. So he actually went over to say hi and introduced himself to Elizabeth, and this quickly turned into a conversation. The attraction between the two of them was immediate and intense, and they actually ended up changing their seats so they could sit together. Again, they just felt so immediately familiar and comfortable with each other. You know, you just meet people sometimes that you have that kind of connection with, and it's always a very fortunate thing when that happens. Uh, Before they were boarding the plane... In his mind, Pedro actually saw the woman from his dreams wearing white and heard her saying, hold her hand, reach out to her. You know, he was remembering this dream and he wanted to hold her hand, reach out to her, you know, but not yet. He barely knew her. You know, they'd only been talking for a little bit, even though they had this instant connection. And by the time they, you know, boarded the flight, they were already kind of very comfortable with each other, but again, they didn't know each other, so he wasn't going to hold her hand yet. (laughs) As they were flying somewhere near Orlando, the flight had a bit of turbulence, and instinctively he reached out for her hand. And and that was kind of it, you know? (laughs) That was the moment. So how did it all end up? They now live in Mexico together. They have a beautiful baby daughter. And they write to Dr. Weiss every so often just thanking him. 
and he always says, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was, it was the universe. It was fate. It was destiny, whatever you want to call it, working to kind of bring these two people together. And so I hope it's kind of clear now why I chose this beautiful story and case for the first episode, because it's, it's so much more than just a past life regression, you know, it's these two beautiful souls reunited in this lifetime. And, and I definitely recommend reading the full book because it's, it's really a beautiful story. And uh, what I covered here is just a very, very abbreviated version of it where I just kind of took out the, the highlights. So I would love to hear your thoughts about this case. If you liked it, what you thought about it, shoot me an email, uh, again, podcast at gmail.com. That's again, podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow along on Instagram. It's at again, podcast or TikTok at again, podcast. Also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for a new episode every single Friday. And thank you so much for listening. If you made it all the way through, I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all like five of you that are listening right now. I so appreciate it. I hope you loved this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you again in the next one.